Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Hello and welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Marie and Craig Burley here in the studio. There has been an update on the Marcus Rashford and Manchester United situation. So before we tell you what that is, Let's just go back a little bit. To he's in a nightclub again. No, <laughs> he's is. not that. He's back in the nightclub. He was in a nightclub, though, according to reports on Wednesday night in Belfast, which was OK because Thursday was a day off for Manchester United's players. But then reports came that he was seen out again in Belfast on Thursday night and he reported ill for training on Friday. So he wasn't at training for Manchester United. And then the next we knew came the FA Cup game against Newport County and he was out of the squad. They said that he was absent due to an illness. When Eric Ten Hag was asked about this, he said that it was an internal matter, didn't want to discuss it further at that point. Anyway, Marcus Rashford has met with Eric Ten Hag and an issued a statement have the club, Manchester United. That is the update. It's a fresh statement saying Marcus Rashford has taken responsibility for his actions. This has been dealt with as an internal disciplinary matter, which is now closed. He will be available on Thursday for the game against Wolves. Let's welcome in Jan Agafiat after Mario Melchiot to talk more about this. But let me start with you, Chris. I thought you were going to say he's met with Eric Ten Hag to say, listen, what a great nightclub. You've got to get yourself <laughs> over. <laughs> well, he might have. <laughs> You've got to get yourself over there, it's jumping. I mean, look at us three. We wouldn't know what the inside of a nightclub looked like these days. You know what I mean? But, but well, maybe, maybe Mario, you know, when he goes back to Holland and all that. But, um, look, the game has changed. The way the game is covered has changed. And if you think you can get away with this kind of stuff these days, you know, more fool you. Manchester United are the focal point, as they always are, but even more so at the moment, they're a huge focal point for us in the media because there's big investment. There was a potential takeover, which didn't happen. We have a struggling football team. We've had so many curveball stories uh, off and on the field. And Marcus Rashford has to realise that, you know, he doesn't need to fuel the fire for himself or this manager unless he really doesn't care. These things get out. This is not when us guys were playing and we'd, you know, the teams would go down the pub and we'd be having beers and blah, blah, blah. And, you, you know, you'd get spotted. But this is, whatever you do now is magnified. And Marcus Rashford clearly understands that and it would seem on the face of it has got a brazen attitude towards it. So why? Is Ten Hag lacking respect of these players, Jan? Because this isn't the first player that's had to be disciplined here and it's not the first time for Marcus Rashford that he's had to be disciplined. And the irony is that he's brought into Manchester United to get him disciplined. I mean, that is a part of the whole story. But imagine Marcus Rashford when he calls his manager and said, I've, I've, I've talked to a club. Which club? A club in Belfast. Twice! I mean, Marcus Rashford and Craig said it as well. You have to read the room. 
it's just like unbelievable that one of the greatest, and I say that, define us as one of the greatest footballers in England because he is in the England squad. He has a good chance to be at the Euros if he could uh, hit the target then and again. But how can you not read the room? Sir Jim Ratcliffe comes in. I mean, you have to read Ratcliffe saying oh, he will bring in the 1% philosophy. We're going to be better at everything. And you start by doing something like this. I can't believe it. I just hope that Mar Marcus Rashford understands quicker, as quick as he can, does, he doesn't end up like a footballer 35 and think, I hope I did more. Because action like this can throw about around all your career. And there is no way you can act the way that Marcus Rashford is doing at the moment. Yes, I'm having the Manchester United. They had to close it. But Ten Hag, you could see Ten Hag before and after the game against Newport, he did not like this. So, Mr. Rashford, please read the room, because what you're doing now is that you're saying to everybody that wants to listen to the silence, is that I don't care. Ten Hag will be away soon. I got a contract in 2028. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, before we go tomorrow, I'm glad Jan has had a bit of a rant there about Marcus Rashford and it sort of saved me because... Were you feeling like a grumpy old man? No, yesterday I had a very similar rant on a couple of occasions and, and, and I thought, right, I don't want to go to... I don't want to revisit that today from that respect, but, I, you know, Jan obviously feels the same way as I do about <coughs> it. Here we have a guy. He's just thrown away at this moment in time. He's... He's talent and, and it's... You know, and... Sorry to uh, go on, but, you know, the point I was making yesterday is all these great Man United players of the past, most of them, most of them, when they have the season that Marcus Rashford had, right, whether it's Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, anybody, when these great players have these seasons that just spike, next year, and that's what I said to you, next year these guys, they want to go out and they want to better that. And then they want to better it the next year. And then they want to better it the next year. Now, it doesn't always happen, but it's not for the want of trying, right? And I stand by my point, right? And you look at this, that Marcus Rashford got this huge deal off the back of a great season for him personally. And basically, he's, he's rested on his laurels. And it's not just the... Nightclubbing, it's the attitude in games, the lack of appetite and desire to work hard. So, I'm really disappointed with this guy from a watching him sort of talented perspective. Mario? It's, 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 it's also sad, it's sad because you know, when you play for a team like Man United, you get a lot of opportunities. I remember my time when I came over as a young kid, come to London, right? You come to a city where everything is possible. He's in a city where he's playing for a team that is the marketing level and the, the attention level for Man United. Some people maybe don't understand it, but it's like the biggest in England. Like, it doesn't matter what team you play for. Even if Man United is not doing great, everybody knows the individuals of Man United and definitely Rashford. So for him then to take the risk in going to a city where he knows that, okay, he probably took a private jet thinking like, okay, I can slip away from it and people might not see me. But you're still Rashford. And then what we talked about, like um, extending his deal, the numbers that just came up with highlighted, you know, 
great season, new season. You know the season is struggling. Ten Hag is just getting situation after situation. You're supposed to be right now, Rashford, he's that good because when he's focused, no one has to dispute his talent because he has the ability to do things that probably, arguably, not a lot can do in his team right now. But then for him to put it at jeopardy, I don't think it's a smart move. I think when we have moments like that as players, you have to make a decision. And sometimes you have to do what we call then the boring decision and just stick to the game and just focus on your football game. And he didn't do that clearly. I wonder, if punishment. I wonder if Eric Ten Hag's thinking, do you know what? I wish I hadn't taken this damn job. All the problems, and he's not been perfect, but all the problems that he's had to deal with uh, Ronaldo, Greenwood, Sancho. But Anthony. he's been warned, eh? Greg, he's been warned in Holland, eh? When eh? he got that job, someone warned him. Like, when he got the job, I think he had a call with Van Gaal. And I think, you know, I don't want to quote on it, but I'm sure that because I know that someone said to him, don't take the job. That doesn't mean you have to, don't have to take it because Man United, come on, if you come from Ajax, he came from Utrecht, Ajax, Man United. I mean, if you take those steps, you're going to carry on. Great. We would, we would have done the same. But away from that, yeah, I totally understand what a job he has. But I think, no, I, I think that... I, I, no, I, I think, had to take, no, I had to take the job, Jan, but I mean, I'm just thinking now, if you look at it, the jobs that are coming up, Liverpool, Barcelona, maybe Bayern Munich, depending on what happens with Leverkusen and sort of Tuchel, and we'll get to that in a bit. These big jobs are coming up, and if he'd maybe sat... And it's all hindsight. If he'd sat where he was for a bit, he might have still been the, the leader for all these big jobs, where at this moment in time, all he's doing is fighting fires. His reputation is definitely taking a hit. There is no but, doubt about that. And, and sometimes you look back and think, well, you know, but it's Man... I, I get it, Jan. It's Man United, I suppose. He had to jump at the chance. Yeah. But I, I, think it's, I think it's hard... It, Although you're a manager for Ajax, and I, I have a lot of loads of respect for Ajax, of course, but my Manchester United, that's is another other level. And I think yeah. that everybody, every manager will think that I can fix that. I think that what he did not see through or analyze well enough is the culture of Manchester United. I'm on my own. I have to do this on my own. There is no structure. There is nothing that can help me doing that. And that is, these are the consequences of that. I think Ten, Ten Hag, ha, we are talking about, well, we don't see what he's doing on the pitch, but I think that a lot of the things that he has been doing, and I think we are talking about Klopp, is three days since he said, I, I don't have enough energy. I think that the big, big step coming to England to be a manager is that you're all on your own. Just compare mm. it with Germany. You have seven or eight people, a sport director, a head of sport. You have the president. You have a CEO. They're all mm. in the media covering you. In England, you are all on your own. He's been public with some of the other punishments in the squad, and we've heard what he's had to say about it. But like, you wonder what type of punishment this is for Rashford here, because it was clear that he was left out because of the situation over <laughs> the weekend. But now he's available to play again on Thursday against Wolves. Yeah. So, like, is he commanding the respect from these players? Like, what's to suggest he won't do it again? Yeah. Well, well, he needs them, doesn't, doesn't he? He needs them at the moment. And, and you know, the trouble is, with the, we go back to Rashford, is, is will a leper change its spots? Well, he's had problems before. He seems to be of a mindset where he kind of thinks he can do what he wants. And if you watch him this season from day one in games, there's, there's, there's been some games where he's really 
come alive. But the bulk of the games he's played for Man United this season, he's, he's been going about the field and uh, I'm not going to track back. I'll leave that to somebody else. It's all been kind of half-hearted and sort of lazy and, dare I say, disinterested. So, is that attitude going to change? I, I, I don't know. I, I, just, I just don't know. And this is a huge headache for... You know, you've got people like Rasmus Hoyland up front, a youngster who's come in, and you can criticise him, you can look at him and say, well, will he be able to do this and do that and do the next thing? But he, he works his socks off. He works his socks off. So does Garnacho, so do all the, Even Casemiro, when he plays, when he's fit, he doesn't swan around. He might not be the speedy, quick guy anymore, but this attitude that Rashford has, it's... <laughs> It just bemuses me. It comes down to also to leadership, Greg. You know, like sometimes when you know when you when you're in a situation the way where he is, is he has to understand that he is that close of being the leader overall. You have to be a leader anyway, because I think any individual when you come to a football team, you have eleven leaders. But away from that, you could be the ultimate leader. I'm talking about. Do you understand? If you got it, if is wearing the armband, you are that talented, and you you're a kid from that city. You played in the youth system, so all the all the, the stacks are all backing you to be successful. And then you also have shown everybody your talent. And then just what, what you highlighted in the sense of like, it looks like something is not happy inside of him. And I think this decision is made regarding that, thinking like, you know, I'm not happy with the way I'm playing or what is happening on the field. Now I'm in the club and I'm thinking like, ah, you know what, I call this out. Well, normally, when he started, come on, how enjoyable was it to watch a young kid that was so hungry? And now I'm, I'm watching other ones playing, but I want him at his best and him playing for Man United because I know a top, top Rashford, even I would not want to play against him because he's yeah, that fast and that direct. The, the thing is that I think that we can only base our analysis over what we see. So we don't know what's going in in... In, in his mind, we can't understand what is in and around his environment. We can't do that. But what the fans can demand is the easy stuff. There has been incidents with Rashford before. He's an England international. He can play at the Euros in the summer. I'm saying that all the time because he's a very valuable player for his country. So when we sit here, we a bit elderly football players... We will think back. Yeah, did we have people like this? Of course, but they came to training and they came to training the next day. They they did they, they didn't do stupid things. They did stupid yeah. things, but somehow in the public, is it different now with the modern game? Yes. Can you get away with a, a jet going to Northern Ireland? Of course you can. But can you go into a club? No, there is no chance in the world. And for me, what he is telling me, Marcus Rashford, without using words, is that. I don't care. I don't want to be a leader. I will take the chance that people will not pick me for England. Gareth Southgate won't pick me for England. And you do that with four goals in your bag. They say Sir Alex Ferguson treated Eric Cantona other than the other players. Yes, because he was a jewel in the crown. Rashford is now a striker who can't score goals. That's the, what he is at the moment. But what gets me, guys, we, we've all been in dressing rooms where somebody would police this. Yes. And I, and I wonder if there's anybody in this United dressing room that has the personality 
the drive, the authority yeah. out yeah, with the manager. Because the manager yeah. needs people in the dressing room. And if that was a dressing room I was in, and I had a bunch of guys that I played with at several clubs, if we had a guy who was perceived to be having an attitude like Rashford with his talent, with his ability, every day with somebody in training. <laughs> yeah. Kicking him. I mean, he would get a gigantic kick up the backside. Come on, son. Come on. Are you with us or are you not? Come on. You might as well go and train with the kids. Go and train with the reserves. You don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. And you don't want to fight. And you don't want to scrap. Go and tell the manager, right? Because you're no good to us. And that's his yeah. teammates. That's how some of our teammates but, would be. But who's going to do that? Who's yeah, going to exactly. yeah, Because no one, no one can do that. Because I, you calling exactly because I remember my time when I came to London, I wanted to go after training. Greg, you know the King's Road, how beautiful that's sweet. Come on. Yep. So I wanted to go after training. I wanted to go and get lunch there. You know what they say? He said to me in a dressing room. I said, hey, are you coming to have lunch with me? He said, are you crazy? You're going home. You're going to sleep. When you wake up and recover for an hour, then you can call me. And then we will go something. And I was like, no, I want to go now. He said, no. Because you have to perform in the weekend again. And I'm the captain. I expect you to do well. So go home and sleep, young boy. And I was like, okay. I went home, sleep. And then we went for lunch. But but and, and, and the pro the problem is Craig when we talk we t we're talking about the nineties so we are the older boys and all that kind of thing yeah but but attitude doesn't get out of fashion and if you see a Manchester City team you can name four or five people who will tell a young kid get yourself in order get yourself in order because Wednesday we're playing an important game. Saturday we're playing an important game. Then it's Champions League and so on. So there are teams, but I'm with you guys. Who will do that at Manchester United? And yeah. if there is someone, they're hiding that as skill very well. Yeah. So Thursday could be an important game for Marcus Rashford. He is available to play against Wolves, he'll, but before that... He'll in probably the, get a hat-trick. We've got Aston Villa against <laughs> Newcastle. And these are the predictions as well. Craig's going for a draw in this one. There'll be more talk about it on tomorrow's show. Be sure to be with us to look back on what happens between Villa and Newcastle there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. We have to ask whether the dominoes are starting to fall with the news of Klopp's departure because this is Virgil van Dijk speaking about his future. He said, that's a big question. Well, I don't know. The club will have a big job on their hands. That is well known. To replace the manager and replace not only the manager, the staff is leaving and there are so many things that will change. So the club has a big job on its hands and I'm very curious which direction that will go in. But when that will be announced, we will see our situation. Is this a big deal, what he said, Craig? Not at the moment, but I think we're going to see more and more of this. I think, you know, as questions come out about not only who the new manager is going to be, who's going to stay, what Liverpool's policy is going to be, particularly with players in their 30s, you know, like, like Virgil van Dijk, like, like Mo Salah. What do you do about a new contract? So... I don't think this is unusual, uh, and of course players will players will try and use anything they can to get the best deal they can out of out of the football club. I mean, Jurgen Klopp's not going to manage anywhere soon. He's not. For whatever anybody thinks, right? The two and two equals six brigade. He's not walking out of Liverpool in the summer, slapping them in the face, telling them, and then going to Barcelona, right? He's told him, so it's not like you're going to follow him out the club in the summer to another club. So, you know, what you're going to do? Commit yourself to Liverpool? I mean. But could he have? Because listen, the fans are all yeah. reeling at the moment from the Jurgen Klopp news. Could he have just said, I'm Liverpool through and through? We'll see what happens with my future. It's not to talk about now. Just at least made them feel better. It's almost as if he's suggesting are, something there that. Players always talking. People always talking code. That's just the way some people are. I mean, he's got 18 months left in his contract. <clears throat> if Liverpool want to have another 18 months at him, then they can let him go in the free. His value's not going to be anywhere near what it was when they signed him. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just think this is inevitable now that, you know, senior players, big high asset values are going to be asked about what's your position at Liverpool. And unless they say... Oh, I'm totally committed here, not a problem. Then there's going to be an angle somewhere in a little story for somebody. But for me at the moment, it, it's not, it really doesn't have any, any traction. All right. Yeah, and what oh, were you well. about to say? Well, well <coughs> communica communication strategy, uh, I do work a lot with that. And I, I don't think Van Dijk did himself or Liverpool any favours. And I'm with Craig. I understand what he's saying, but there are football stars that don't say anything for months. And then three days after Klopp is leaving, you're doing that interview. I thought, I thought Van Dijk is honest. I would give him that. He's very honest. But did he have to do it now in terms of timing? He's got 18 months left uh, of his contract. Of course, he didn't have to do that. But I mean, it's hard to sit here to say that they shouldn't be honest about their situation. But I think that Talking about reading the room, I think, wait a bit, wait another week or two or do whatever. Uh, uh, there is no chance that Van Dijk will be unemployed. 
So I, d I don't think that strategy of, say, I could be available for anyone in the summer. But we also do know that Jurgen Klopp, with his skill, with his personality, will be one of the main convincers, if that is an English word. He convinced people to stay. And when he is leaving, there will be some players like Salah, like Van Dijk, Maybe another young lad, Arnold or Robertson, who's been there all their <laughs> career, will, will think, "Well, this is well. If he's leaving, if he's leaving, maybe I should look for another challenge too." Yeah, Where but do you I, stand on it, Mario. Yeah, I think I think. Look, Van, Van Dijk spoke also because he's also one of the leaders, right? So they went to him and see his his point of view. So you, you know, you you have given an answer, but. Um, he may be not be in the luxury situation because you want negotiation to be automatically and without you forcing it. But away from that, for anybody who comes into that job, and, and because Klopp done extraordinary, you know, for that team, he built everything. I think when you go to the youth system and build the system all the way up to the top, you have like a, a red thread through the, the line of Liverpool. But now you're going to change that line. Anyone that comes in, we have seen the likes of Man United, how long they've been fighting for the journey to create it back on. You have seen it uh, happening at, the, okay, Chelsea maybe it's not, but it's one of the forms. Arsenal has waited for so long. So it's not that easy. And that's why for me, um, even if somebody else comes in, in charge, let's say a Trent Alexander now becomes the main figure, you still have to rebuild everything because what he focused on, the, the passion he brought in, uh, the emotional side that he focused on because emotionally he really focused on his players to be aware to, in, the, in the sense of like uh, you have to be emotional but also be in control of it and I think like a, a coach like that that focuses on so much building I think his next step for me like he said like <laughs> Greg highlighted I don't think he's going to take a job really quickly but for me, what I'll be looking at is, will Klopp take the German job one day? That will be my biggest question for him. So we know the dugout's going to look different. No, well, John, what did he say that was that bad, Van Dijk? Because did didn't he say, uh, without going over the quote, quote again, mm -hmm. uh, uh, didn't he just say, well, we'll, we'll see what... It's a big job on its hands, and I'm very curious which direction that will go in. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, he didn't, you know... I think That's if, a big question. Well, I don't know. I suppose it's the uncertainty. Because if Jurgen Klopp was still manager and I had 18 months left in my contract, if I was Virgil van Dijk, and I was asked about my situation, I would probably give a similar answer in terms of, well, we'll yeah. see what happens going forward. Because you don't want to play your cards on the table, whether it's Jurgen Klopp <laughs> or whether it's anybody else. But might he be the first? Obviously, it's <coughs> just happened. This is yeah, we'll, I, I know what you're saying. We've, we already got, we've already got the dominoes rolling, haven't we? Yeah, the we? dominoes. But, but is it, could it be a completely different-looking Liverpool side next season because of this situation, because of Klopp going? I don't, I don't think so because they've, they've just brought in... Uh, van Dijk's not going anywhere. Kanati's not going anywhere, you don't think. Matip will be back. Alexander Arnold's not going to go anywhere. Neither's a fit against Simicas or, or Robertson. Sabozlai's just come in and he's been excellent. McAllister's just come in. Nunes hasn't been in long. Uh, we, I mean, we'll probably see, we may see one or two departures, but I, I don't, I honestly don't think we're going to look at Liverpool next year and go, at the start of next season in August and go, wow, half the team's changed. I, I, I just don't. I don't think a manager's going to come in, whoever it is, and completely rip up this formula, this team. He might put a couple of little polish a few of the edges, but I don't think, honestly, there's going to be like a mass walkout mm. or 
somebody's going to come in and make wholesale changes. It doesn't no, happen a lot, though. Mario, okay. It doesn't happen okay. a lot. It doesn't happen a lot that coaches go that early. But what I do have to say, give him a compliment. If his staff is changing, he came out so early that everybody that he had involved in his group now, like, give an example. You know, there are people that in, involved with his staff, they probably have brought with families to Liverpool. Now they have all the time and rebuilding their life again because they might take a step away because people even highlighting that his staff of people are also going away. So he kind of came out so early to give them the time to rebuild whatever they're going to do next but, season. And in that sense, I'm like, hey, <laughs> you want to work for someone that also considers your private life and not only football life. But the problem, the problem with you have a strong leader and a very dominant leader like Sir Alex Ferguson. When Sir Alex Ferguson left Manchester United, you could have the same players, but you realize, wow, the culture we have built up, that, that was Sir Alex Ferguson. You saw that mm -hmm. in Werder Bremen in Germany. You have Otto Rehagel when he left after 15 years. Wow, the culture was Otto Rehagel. So the big question for Liverpool now, when Klopp is leaving, I think they will keep their players. The players have contracted 25, so it's up to them to, to stay. So they still got the cards in their hands. But how strong is the Liverpool culture? Liverpool has been through that before. They went from, from Shankly to Paisley to, to Fagin to, to Dalglish, but then it stopped. So is this the moment where that culture, how strong is that culture? And it's, it's interesting that that Liverpool is saying, and I think that is a good signal, they say we're going to start with a sport director and then the sport director is going to be involved in picking the coach, meaning that they want to build that Liverpool culture. That is because some of the alternatives to take them on who are so far from the Liverpool culture, I don't think there is any chance that some of them will come there. And that's why I ended up saying the other night, the only one who is close to that kind of leadership is Postecoglou. And they are still going for, uh, I believe they're going for four trophies this year. Yeah. So it's, it's not. <laughs> None of this is going to be a distraction to that. No, I don't think so. What players talking about their future and whatnot. Players always talk about the future. Yeah. Players always but talk you, about. <laughs> you think right? he wants to walk away, Craig, with the league or you think the Champions League? One of the two. Which one? I because I think his focus I, will be the league. I think he wants, I think he wants to be the top, top, uh, the top team in England again, bearing in mind yeah, Arsenal have been strong. And yeah. Man City are strong. I think that's the one he really wants. Uh, and, and ironically, Mario, I think that's going to be the one that's going to be the toughest to get for him. Because yes. he's in the Carabao Cup final against a, a Chelsea side Chelsea, that haven't yeah. been the strongest. The FA Cup. And then Europe. the Europa League. And you have to excuse yeah. me, if you hear somebody coughing today not me in the one. background, <laughs> <laughs> it is me. I got this, so yes, I think he definitely. If, I think if he could deliver the second league title in what thirty years or something about, that would be a huge way for them to go out. Yeah. Him to go out. It absolutely would. Yeah. There's more talk about the club situation and the future of Liverpool on the Gab and Jules podcast. So make sure to catch that wherever you do get your podcast. It drops twice a week, and they talk about all the biggest talking points like this. Did you know less than ten percent of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. 
Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Let's get to what's going on in Barcelona, where another manager is departing. Although in Diario Ast today, they say no way out. It's a bit of a tricky situation. We know that Xavi is going at the end of the season. He announced that after his club's 5-3 loss to Villarreal at the weekend. We've still got Yanaga Fiosov with us, but Craig, I've not spoken to you. Have we got, wait, 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 have we got rid of Mario? Yeah. Mario's just having a little break. <coughs> well, he needs to come back. We've got a, we got a, dying, we ma- we got a dying man here in the studio, Yan. <laughs> what have you made of all this, Xavi? After the game, deciding that that's that? Well, I watched the game uh, at home on Saturday and it, I, I was astonished 2-0 down, all the changes back to 3-2, everything was rosy again and then uh, the way that they just folded in the, the, at the end defensively against Villarreal was, uh, was incredible. Uh, I think the writing's been on the wall for, for a little while. Uh, the fact that he's getting to the end of the season is maybe a little surprise. Maybe that's something to do with his standing within the football club over a long period of time. Or maybe it's to do with the finances. I don't know. But I think it's crystal clear that the, uh, the direction they're going uh, at this current, this current time under Xavi is not the correct one. I mean, 16 goals in the last five games... Is it still an attractive post? Because there's been some debate as to whether managers would still be attracted by Barcelona given their current situation. And there's a big feeling, especially among some of our pundits, that of course you're always going to want to take that job. It's Barcelona. Well, they're not as they shouldn't be as bad as uh, bad a team as, as you know. It's not as if they have they don't have any good players. They've had problems. Obviously, Gavi's out, Pedri's been out, but these are terrific players. Gundogan they signed, terrific player. Lewandowski's having a bad season, but he's been a terrific player. Rafinha, João Felix, uh, they brought Cancelo in. Kunde was a player that was much vaunted by a lot of clubs. Ronald Arojo, Ter Stegen. I mean, it's not like there is nothing to work with. I just think he's got the balance wrong and he's chopped and changed it and maybe he's got one or two that haven't uh, rolled the sleeves up for him. Uh, but when you're playing as many players out of position defensively as he has, you're not going to get the desired results. So this is a different situation to what we're seeing at Liverpool. Do you think the players will improve <coughs> step up their game knowing that he's going at the end of the season in the same way maybe to try and do no. something for him? No. no, I don't think so. I think there's a different energy about Liverpool. I think there's, a, there's almost a culture at the moment amongst this Barca team of looking around and blaming some others. Uh, Robert Lewandowski's been vocal about some of his teammates. Kundi's been vocal about where he wants to play and hasn't played particularly well. Uh, so no, I don't really see that energy within the Barcelona team that that we have at Liverpool because they don't have that drive for their manager that Liverpool have. 
Well, speaking about being vocal, that's something Thomas Tuchel certainly has been after <coughs> Kevy announced that he would be departing at the end of the season. Speaking to a fans group of Iron Fan Club, Thomas Tuchel, when asked about moving to Spain, said moving abroad is something that continues to attract me and Spain has an extraordinary league. From my point of view and based on my experience working with Spanish players, they are characterised by enormous self-confidence. Now, this has annoyed German-based pundits who see it as him publicly flirting with the idea of managing in Spain. Didi Haman came out and said he sits there and talks about Xavi, about his successor, and that he would like to coach in Barcelona or Spain. That's a disgrace. Tuchel is a very intelligent man. Something like that doesn't just slip out of his mouth, but he needs to know one thing. When you are an employee of FC Bayern, Messing with the club's leadership was rarely a good idea. And now Bayern have made an official statement on this matter. Did he a man coming out to what happened with Thomas Tuchel saying, our head coach Tuchel was asked by supporters on Sunday as part of a fan club visit about his coaching career. He also answered general questions from fans about Spain as a footballing country. He never spoke about Xavi Hernandez and his successor as he was falsely claimed afterwards. We will no longer accept such non-factual statements directed against our coach, which always come from the same source. Well, Jan, why have Bayern yeah. these pun- even clarify this? Where, it's these where, pundits covering German football, look. It's <laughs> causing trouble, Jan. <laughs> where, where, should, where should I start? I mean, this with Didi Hamann and Bayern, this is... For the old listeners and viewers, this is Kramer versus Kramer. This is Meryl Streep and Dustin Hoffman. They've been war for ages. I mean, this is just keep on going. We saw that live on TV. Thomas Tochel and Didi Hamann is not a great combination. And I've been colleague with Didi Hamann. Uh, he's a fellow footballer. He played for City. He played for Liverpool. And he played for Bayern Munich. So on one hand, Bayern Munich want to have them a bit like ambassadors kind of thing uh, for them. But I have to, on Diddy's, not the defence, I have to attack him a bit. Because Thomas Zucker didn't talk about Xavi. He didn't talk about, I want to be another, a new Barcelona coach. You have to understand this, the, the, the position Thomas Tuchel is in. On Sunday, all the players and the coaching and the staff were travelling around Germany and visited fans. And there are Q&As. And he's been in England. He won the Champions League with Chelsea, as we know. He, he was at PSG. He was in Paris, in France. And he was asked, would he like to be in, pa- in, in Spain? And this was his answer. So Didi Hammond used that, that thing. He also said that, that's, that Thomas Tuchel and Bayern is the biggest uh, misunderstanding since Klinsmann was at Bayern. And that was not seen as a successful spell by uh, Jürgen. So... This is ongoing. I understand <clears throat> that Bayern will react, or, or I, I know that they always do. They, they even go harder out and say there will, could be consequences for Didi Hammond. Why? Should they sue him for his opinion or anything? Imagine everybody when Manchester United will sue Craig Burley for something. That will not happen. So this is just okay. a battle. <laughs> OK, but just as he yeah, said... We don't, we don't want to start that ball rolling. <laughs> we definitely don't want to start that ball rolling. Because it'll be a long... <laughs> It will get very litigious. <laughs> yeah, sir, it was a long play. Sir, sir Jim Ratcliffe, can you hear us? <laughs> but, but I got a few shekels in my pocket. I reckon not much. So, like this is not me sticking up for Didier Man or anything. But if Shabby's just announced that, and you're with a Bayern fan group, you must know that comments like this are going to get out there. If you're Thomas Tuchel. 
Yeah, I don't think it's the biggest headache for Thomas Tuchel. I think the biggest headache is coaching his own team at the moment and, and the scenario he finds himself in uh, with Leverkusen, who dropped some points at the weekend. Uh, and obviously the Champions League with the big signing of Harry Kane. So I think this will ultimately just blow over. And Thomas Tuchel will be judged, as Jan knows, at the end of the season and whether... This is the first time in I don't know how many years that Bayern won't win the title. And, and obviously how far they go in the Champions League is going to be big as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose he, might, he could have been a little bit more guarded. I, I don't know. It just seems to me everything these days, even if you give a, a, a throwaway comment, everything just seems to get picked upon. The snowball starts uh, rolling down the hill and it just becomes bigger and bigger. And before you know it, he's going to Barcelona. But... He's got bigger fish to fry, and that is he but, needs to make sure. And he got, and in some sense, Yanni got lucky last year because Dortmund, I think we'd all agree, kind of threw it away at the end, and that one was kind of handed to him. So he needs to make sure that he's not the first coach in there seeing somebody else come on top of Bayern. Because I don't, will, will he survive that if that happens at Bayern? No, he he won't survive if they don't win, win a title. Of course he won't, and he's out of the cup. A cup this week. Uh, the Bundesliga is a big one coming up on no, the 10th of February against Bayer Leverkusen. But I think it's in quite interesting. At the show today, we are discussing a player, Virgil van Dijk, who gave an honest assessment of the situation. And then you have Thomas Tuchel, who's answering a fan about, yes, maybe one day I will be a coach in Spain. Yes, I'm with UK. He should understand that when Xavi just did that and... But he is a Bayern Munich coach at the moment. That is as big as it gets. At the moment, as we're speaking, that is a bigger job than being in Barcelona. But we all know this is all about winning football games. If they're playing Gladbach this weekend, then he got a bit more rest. And then they will build up again for the Bayer Leverkusen thing. Man, you can agree or disagree with Didi Hamann, but he has his right to have his opinion, period. Okay, well, as you know, we spend all our spare time watching ESPN Plus German footage. And today, what popped up on our screens, but the top 11 all-time dramatic late winners in Bundesliga history. <laughs> and guess who came in at number two? What screen did this pop up in? One that I was watching, trust me. All right, okay. <laughs> Jan Agafiotov. Yeah, he shouldn't, have, he shouldn't yeah. have thrown that little step over. He got away with it. <laughs> this, this to avoid relegation, Jan, in the 98-99 season. Tell us more about this moment. Again, the Kaiserslautern team that needed a draw to get into the Champions League. Their coach, Otto Rehagel, it was so dramatic that they were going through all kind of things that could happen. And this was not even in because at 4-1, it went all quiet in Waldstadion, which was the name at that time. And we needed another goal. So they were crying in. They were sitting there with a pen and a paper. This was before live update. And one of the guys at the bench was shouting in, we need another goal. We need another goal. Well, then I made one. Oh, and that was a man you saw in that picture there of that goal being scored. That was a man back in that day, I would imagine, was going to uh, numerous nightclubs in Frankfurt. I <laughs> <laughs> was a, a well, man about town back then. Eh? I, 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 did, I went to nightclubs at Smuge in Oslo and I used my private jet, of course, all the time. 
<laughs> but that by that point, he knew that nothing compared to the Middlesbrough nightlife, and he would never be Macmillan's. Macmillan's, you can't beat Macmillan's. Did you see him get? Did you see him getting excited? There? <laughs> Straight away. I was listening to a podcast. Oh, German, here we go. I was just about to tell a story that was going to get somebody in trouble. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come up though, because it is a nice little story. Anyway, Bundesliga upcoming schedule. It all gets back underway on Friday with Heidenheim against Borussia Dortmund, and then across the weekend we have Bayern Munich against their bogey side. Borussia Mönchengladbach and can Bayer Leverkusen continue that unbeaten record all season long it's been they are away to Darmstadt and then next week after that it's the big one it's the 10th Leverkusen well again. do you know what by the time the 10th comes around and it's Leverkusen Munich I'll, I'll, I'll be a nervous wreck by then. nervous wreck. I know it. I knew you would. I'll just be a nervous wreck. I knew you would. Uh, someone who isn't a nervous wreck That was an inside joke, by the way. Is Daniele Di Rossi, because it is back-to-back wins for him as Roma coach. They beat Salernitana on Monday, a penalty from Dybala, and Lorenzo Pellegrini on the score sheet once again. So it's a good start for Daniele Di Rossi since replacing Jose Mourinho. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Big news on Chicharito signing for his boyhood club Chivas. And here he is being presented back to Liga MX after his LA Galaxy exit. Came through the youth there. And so it's massive news and obviously huge scenes over in Mexico after 14 years in Europe and MLS. So you know exactly what these boys are going to be talking what. about on the latest hey, Football Americas. It must be a bad standard there if he's gone back to play. I'm telling you. Have I been, har- have I, have I been harsh? Mm, a little. I don't think anyway, so. Anyway, Jules is on the I, latest show. Craig Burley couldn't make it. He's I, the Marcus I, I don't think that's harsh. I think that's just honest. But there you go. They're happy to see him back in Mexico. Did you call in ill for Football Americas this weekend? No, I, I don't need to call an L for them. Well, he is available I, on Thursday I, I just for their no. if you'd like, just like yeah, Marcus Brecker. No. Stick around extra no. time on the way. <laughs> You're struggling, so I'm not going to make you go and get the questions. We'll read them off the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Craig Burley's struggling a little bit today. He's been overworked. He'd like to add under. You know when you talk, I've got, this, I've got a little throat infection. And you know when you talk, you get that little tickle in your throat. And it just annoys the hell out of me. It's hor- just horrible. It does annoy us, Craig. We like your coffin. That is good. That's good. You like me in a coffin, did you say? <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone, Jan. You're not alone. Oh my God. <laughs> we can't have this humor. Lost the translation. Right. Lost the translation. He said, he said, <laughs> we'd like you in a coffin. <laughs> it's not. I like, remember this. I like yeah, your yeah, coffin. 
It's not the cough. I heard what you heard. It's not the cough that kills you. It's the cough and the carry often. Ah, so with that, let's get to the first question. Oh, it's a very morbid show today. Mario Melchior's with us. Yanagafiatov, as you've probably seen, Mario. If something like what's happening with Marcus Rashford took place in your playing days, what would the locker room be like? Uh, I mean, I, ooh, I had some captains in my team, you know, like uh, one, the first I saw was with Dennis Weiss. Okay, if, if someone is not aware of him, I will tell you, he's like a, a shorter guy, but has a fuse like an animal, like crazy, incredible. He will have a go at you. He will tell you, put you straight and make you understand what the team needs from you and what the club needs from you. And if you don't agree with it, he will make sure that you understand and if not, he will try to get you out. Later on, I had Desai that took his uh, job over. It was the same thing, you know, it was a proper leader and we're making sure that you understand what to do. When John Terry came, it was kind of different because he came later, younger, so the effect wasn't, a, he had effect, but not like that. But Desai was the last one to say like, hey, he won everything, including the World Cup. So if he says something, you kind of want to listen to it when you're a young boy. Fair enough. We discussed this in the main show, didn't we? Yeah. At, uh... Because you said that, you know, where are the leaders in this Manchester United locker room to actually give Marcus Rashford? No, I, I played with Dennis as well for, oh, probably, I don't know, six or seven years as well. But there was always people in the dressing room that would just sort it out. And as you get a bit older, and a bit more experience, you can become one of those guys. And, you know, even yourself, you, if you are not pulling your weight, would expect... If I wasn't pulling my weight when I went to Celtic, for example, I would have expected one of the other senior players, and we had a lot of them, in that dressing room to pull me to the side. Say, <clears throat> probably not good enough. Because we had captain of Denmark, we had Norwegian international, we had, we had like, uh, Henrik Larsson, we had, we had Germans, we had Italians, and, you know, guys like Paul Lambert had won the Champions League. You don't, you didn't get away with not pulling your weight. And they didn't mind. And even the guys that didn't go out for a drink, right? Even the guys that didn't want to be mixing with a larger group. They didn't have a problem with you going out and having a few beers. As long as you come in, right? Do your job. Rolled, rolled your sleeve up, got a sweat on, trained hard and did your job on a Saturday. They were okay with that. And that's how it should be. What about you, Jan? Well, we can take Middlesbrough. We had Nigel Pearson. He was one of those leaders. We were different oh. leaders. And then, oh, we, then we... Then we came to a time when we got Branco from Brazil. And you know, remember Kay, when Branco came in, we were wondering, did he win the World Cup in 58? Or which, which year did he win the World Cup? And the only thing he said when he had a go at someone, he said, I just won the World Cup, what can I say? So you have kind of different you have kind of different types in a dressing room. But I, I said it in the show and I say it again. I have I do understand that the situation in 2024 is different than in, in back in our days, but there is no compromise on attitude. There is no compromise on attitude yeah. because we play a team sport. We are not individuals. If you if you're an individual sport, it's you're the only one suffering. If you don't have a good attitude, you hurt the, the the player sitting next to you, and that is not acceptable. I still have nightmares about Big Nigel Pearson. <laughs> <laughs> so and not so do I. <laughs> yeah, and I don't mean that because Nigel Nigel Pearson's a lovely guy. 
but he was, he's a big unit, right, as we all know. <laughs> and I have visions of, he, he tried to bust in the dressing room, uh, the away dressing room door at Sheffield Wednesday. Because our Russian goalkeeper, Dimitri Karin, got involved with Mark Bright during the first half of this match at Hillsborough. And Brighty had been throwing a few elbows about, as Brighty did. And walking down the tunnel, Mark Bright's walking down the tunnel at half time, and Dimitri Karin ran up behind him and Kung Fu kicked him in the back of the head. <laughs> Right? Bush. As you right? do. As you do. As you do. And then Dimitri Dimitri ran into the dressing room. And Brighty's chasing them down the, 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 the players' tunnel to the dressing room. And then standing there is Nigel Pearson, who is injured or or suspended, has realized what ha- has happened and is trying to basically kick the, he's trying to kick the Chelsea dressing room door open. And I'm 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 one of the young players at this time, right? And I'm thinking. If Nigel Pearson gets in here, we're in trouble. Where am I going to hide? <laughs> and, and it was a bit like that film where one of the one of the war films, I can't remember who it was, where somebody was trying to break a door in and a person put their arm across the bars and their, <laughs> their arm got broken. It was like, keep your arm there. Oh, my God. Ah, he was a tough captain. Was... He was a tough, tough captain and he was also a practical joker when... Yeah, Juninho was, was, yeah, was having a shower at Borough and somehow he managed to to, to th- let him think, our captain, that he, that it was a shampoo that he gave him. And Juninho has spent four or five days to get it out of his hair. I have no idea what he brought into that that young Brazilian's hair, but it, it was not shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry to digress, as we did digress there. But uh, the, the situation got calmed down. Somebody, somebody must have sedated Nigel with some big syringe or something, I don't know. And, uh, Taking a bear tranquilizer. Oh my God. And uh, Dimitri Karin decided that English football, because it was his first year. <laughs> crazy, crazy English football, crazy, no more. Took his gloves off, right? Took his gloves off, Mario, all his kit, and, and got in the shower at half time. And, and Peter Shreves and Glenn Hoddle spent the whole half time trying to convince him to go back on the field. <laughs> no, he was going, ah, no play, no play, no play. Crazy English football, crazy English football, no play. So went, yeah, you're going to have to play. You have to play. So eventually they talked him into play and he put his gloves back on. And he went back. He stood in his line, right? He never come off his he never come off his line for 45 minutes. Because Brighty was what Brighty kept shouting, put the ball in the box. I'm gonna kill the goalkeeper. Oh my god. You know you talk about foreign players coming in and just seeing that physicality and, and, and what or what the things that used to go on. But trust me, if you've been if you've been behind the dressing room door that Nigel Pearson's trying to break into. You know you've been behind the dressing room door. Is what I'm trying to say. A lovely guy, but he's a big old boy. Nice. Very, very scary. It's also normal though when you come into England, as, as you know, like when you when you come from the outside, you arrive in England, you think everything is the same. Like especially when you're young. Like me, when I came from Amsterdam, I thought, oh. I'm just coming to London, just a different city, and uh, oh my God, you walk into that dressing room. Those guys are just on another level. Like the way they talk, the way they behave. Like 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 you talked about the Dennis Wise. He is this short, but his character 
is 10 times bigger than myself. And I was like, how does that work? How can you have so much charge? And then one day in the game, I, I let it go. We play Sunderland away and I say to Dennis Wise, hey, take it easy. Oh my God, I should have never said that to him. I said to him, take it easy. He said, you don't tell me to take it easy. I tell you to take it easy. You just do your job and I do mine. And when I tell you something, you listen to me. I looked at him, I was like, you little man, what are you going to tell me? But it doesn't work like that in England. You better keep quiet and show them. With your, when you show them that you know how to play, that's when you get your respect. If you don't yeah, do that, yeah. don't talk. Don't talk. I love it. Take it easy. It's like telling people. That's, that's the longest answer to one question. That's fine. That's, <laughs> that's what this one's all about. We like your personal experiences. I might not make it through this show with this. <laughs> There's only this, a few more questions. With this disease that I've got. Hang in there, all right? Hang in there. I can't on, even Craig. blame. I can't on, even Craig. blame Stevie, who has ESPNFC's walking infection. You could, because if he was here, you might have to work a little bit less. Yeah. No. Okay. No, no, he's, <laughs> no, no. He, he needs the whole, babysit. The whole he needs football a world wants you. The whole football world wants you to go through this show, Craig. So hang in there. Come on, son. Come yeah. on, son. You got it. Hang in there. I tell you what. Wednesday, we're doing Barcelona. I'm having a day off. I can't. Well, I tell you what, I can't phone in now, can I? Because I've already uh, said no. that, so I can't. I can't, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't I can't do a Marcus Rashford now on no, Wednesday. No, I can't no, phone no. because the, bo the no. boss will see through that. One he'll go, yeah. Yeah, 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 he was talking about that. But you have been and you can't, can't, show. I, I know, I'm, yeah. a I'm not. Yeah. I'm not and you, you might can't get away say, with it. And Craig, you can't say you're leaving after the seasons either because Klopp and Xavi's already done that. <laughs> so you can't do that. Well. Well, I know, but I've, apparently that, that's not a two-way street. <laughs> the, the boss might say to me, you're leaving after this season. <laughs> exactly. I've had enough of you, you Scottish... Well, anyway, we'll move yeah. on. Let's move on. <laughs> Jan, if the Bayern Munich jog becomes available this summer, which team should Shabby pick? Bayern or Liverpool? Or would he be better off staying at Leverkusen for a couple more years and maybe wait for Real Madrid? Well, I think that uh, it's been said, and all pundits will say that, uh, former footballers will say that, if you get offered one of the big clubs, we talked about Ten Hag being in, uh, in Amsterdam, Ajax, and you have the chance to go to Manchester United. Yes, there were some red flags uh, hanging around there as well. But I think that Alonso, when he is at Leverkusen at the moment, if he get the offer to go to Liverpool or Bayern Munich or uh, Real Madrid, that would be a tough choice. But I think he would definitely say yes to Real Madrid. He would definitely say yes to Liverpool. I think he's different but, but, but Bayern because yeah. he's, he's, he's battling them out at the moment. But th there are suggestions that Alonso is in inexperienced. Mm -hmm. Does he need more uh, years under his belt? <clears throat> but the job he's done in Leverkusen is amazing. And, and um, when you saw him as a player, he was a coach even then. So I think yeah. that Xabi Alonso, if he gets off for the Liverpool job, I think he will take the Liverpool job. He got off of the Bayern job, he wouldn't take it now. Mario, you've got him taking the Liverpool job, right, as your favourite? Yeah, definitely, you know, like I think, you know, for Alonso, the, the things that you achieve now as a player, like, you know, like uh, you guys already highlighted, but I, I think when you, you have seen so many players have taken this job and have come home and thinking like this is a tough situation to do because it, it, it asks a lot, you know, sometimes it's even heavier than, I think not sometimes, it's definitely heavier than a player because as a player you only have to think about yourself, as a coach you got to think about the team. 
So having said that, I think at Liverpool, it won't be easy because we highlighted that they have to rebuild the whole season, the way Klopp was playing and the way he wants to play. But for him to be at Liverpool, I'm sure the people will like, uh, accept him and will, will understand him and will love to have him as their manager, especially of what he is achieving now. If they're going to bring in somebody else, we have to see if they, they come in with that kind of level of achievement in the sense of like the belief that he's bringing with him. I think that's one of the key things that the Liverpool fans want. And then, yeah, what you said, Real Madrid, the Spanish kid saying to no to Madrid, but still Liverpool, come on. <laughs> Put it one way. Whatever happens, he's in a very good position at the moment. Yeah, he's in a really good, he's yeah. in a really good position. He's really good. And and in the Bundesliga table as well right now. Well, they uh, dropped a few points, a couple of points at the weekend. Yep. So you know, still a team to catch though. All right, which job is my game? Feb tenth. Are you nervous? Oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> just, uh, just... Which job is more difficult for a manager to fix now? Manchester United, Barcelona, or Chelsea? Wow. Mm. I don't think Barcelona. Barcelona just don't forget. Let's let's not forget Barcelona won the league last year. Yeah. Right, so there is that, there forward. is that. Yeah, there is that. Uh, wow. Wow. It's, it's Manchester United, Craig. Definitely. Yeah. That is that is what, a toughest. Why, Jan? Yeah, because they're at the moment, I mean, yes, there is optimism. No, with Sir Jim Ratcliffe's coming in. They're coming in with Brails for his one percent <laughs> philosophy and all that kind of thing. Fine. But are we speaking now? Manchester United is a mess. And because nobody knows if they will have a job in the summer. Nobody knows who will come in, how much money, what kind of player will it, will Sancho come back? What happened to Rashford? What will they do with it, with the squad? How much money can they spend? Ten Hag coming in as a general and he can't lead them the disciplinarian way he wants them to leave, to lead them. So definitely Manchester United from the big clubs at the moment, Definitely, Chelsea is a kindergarten if you compare with them. He got at least uh, Pochettino got a young set of lads. He knows where he's going. <clears throat> he knows how much money they have spent and so on. Manchester United, by far, the, the most troubled club at the moment. Yeah, at least there's no sort of mutinies at Chelsea. Uh, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not been it's, it's not been very pretty, and there's been a lot of crazy spending, uh, but. There's not been these off-field issues from multiple players. It's just what Chelsea have had is a group of players that have been thrown together and haven't played particularly well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I was trying to get off the Man United bandwagon. Yeah, and that's all it was. I was trying to find a way where somebody went, see, Burnley doesn't hate Man United. And then Jan dragged me back towards him. Yeah, Even though he wants me dead. Even though he wants you in a coffin. Mario, what, what do you think? Yeah, I, 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 you know, like it, it sounds funny, but yeah, I totally agree. I think Barcelona is 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 not the, the club that is that compared to what the other two are. The, the socials are leading that team, and Xavi is clearly a boy. Doesn't you know? He's also affected by this situation, his whole family. When you look at Chelsea, yeah, I think Pochettino, he, at least he studied the, the shit. I don't say that it's already moving forward as high as they want it to be, but it's definitely, he calmed it down a little bit. So Man United, there is no calmness yet there because there's so many stories coming out of that camp. They first have to make sure, close the door and keep the stories inside and make sure they they hit the discipline level in a sense of that everybody understand, I am the leader and you 
follow me. If that doesn't happen, because it's Fergie, you know. Fergie perfect example of like, I lead, follow. And if that doesn't happen, it will continue like this. Craig, next question. How good is Lamine Yamal? Well, I mean, he is, didn't play so well at the weekend. He was all right. The Betis game, he was terrific. Uh, he's a, look, look, what is he, still 16? I think he's still 16. Yeah. Uh, he, is a, he is a terrific talent. And he's another one of these players that has the world at his feet. But I'm always reticent with these young youngsters because it's such a long journey and so there's so many things can happen. But if all the stars align for him and the trajectory trajectory continues and the manager that comes in continues and kids are getting a chance and he stays healthy, he can be a star, a superstar. Yeah. But he could quite easily go the other way. And that's how that's how, you know, precarious it can be for these kids. And that's why it's always difficult to say, that guy's going to be the next Messi or that guy's... Because it's mm. such a it's such a tough journey to, to... It's tough enough to get there as a player, as the guys will know. But once you get there, you have to stay there. Yeah. And then you have to improve and you have to stay fit and you have to want to train hard. And then you have to have good people behind you that are advising you properly. And all the things we've talked mm. about over the last hour or two today, that's some of the problem with these players. Yeah. That the whole picture yeah. is not sort of working for them. Mario, last question. If I was travelling to Europe for the first time, what's the better option? Night out in London or a night out in Amsterdam? <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> hey, listen. I tell you both are great. You understand? I don't, do, I don't do it anymore because since I moved over here, Paris is not for me anymore. But I say, look, London, it will be always will be my city. I, I'm sorry for Amsterdam and I think it's great. I'm from there. I go home a lot. But London is this place where you want to be because it's always great. A night out in London, make sure the next day you have some people around you that make sure that you recover really well because if not, you'll be in trouble. How can you mention, right, there's three set, there's three places for a night out, I've heard. I'm way too old for all this now, like the boys. Well, there's more than three places, but London, Amsterdam, and wait for it, Barnsley. No, no, come on, where is that? You can't beat Barnsley. You can't beat Barnsley. <laughs> it's just like watching Brazil. That is Barnsley. Jan, Jan, come on, be honest now, come on. Best night out you can have in your life is Swindon, Barnsley, Middlesbrough and Sheffield. Forget London and Amsterdam, Mario. Jan, if you come to Amsterdam, I'll tell you something. Look, I want to be polite, but you might not remember that you've been in London. That's how good it is. <laughs> we have a deal. We have a deal. <laughs> uh, I like that. Oh, I like man. that. Okay, we'll end it there. We'll let this one get some rest. I'm not going for rest. <laughs> oh, a long rest. I'm a, yeah, a long rest. He wants me having a long rest. Pure tough. He wants me, he wants me gone. <laughs> Let's see if he makes it tomorrow. <laughs> Come to my funeral, please. <laughs> <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 